right, welcome back, everybody. It is Eric, John, and David, the Texas Triangle NBA podcast. It's good to see you guys. How you doing? Doing good, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I guess that's the perfect segue (laughs) to the Mavs segment, which would be definitely the biggest news of the week. Uh, Holy shit, Luka Doncic finally went public with it. Uh, I'm not having fun anymore comments. Wasn't quite a this is crazy uh, level of of presser, but it kind of uh, didn't bode well. It doesn't sound great. And uh, now a lot of people are wondering if the clock's ticking or some kind of really dramatic shit like that. I don't know. What What do you think, David? Um, I'm just going to say my attitude towards this whole thing is I don't even know who you're talking about. I don't know who the Mavericks are because right now Texas is winning in the NCAA tournament, and that's a good thing happening in my life. So the, <laughs> so I've been focused on that. The only Maverick I know is that shitty uh, Mel Gibson movie where he plays poker. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the only Maverick I've been concerned with. Damn, we got a Maverick the movie reference. Yeah. That's good, dude. Not even Top Gun Maverick. You think oh, he should have won the yeah, Oscar? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a Tom, I'm a Tom Cruise guy. I've been mostly I've just been obsessed with. I've been on this on cinema at the cinema kick and the whole like Tim Heidecker's obsession with Tom Cruise and that show is really really makes me happy. But that's neither here nor there. All right, so actually, is the, it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so Luca, not happy. This is everyone's fear because it's not going well. Weird. Losing at the, this very moment, losing to Charlotte for a second time, we are out of the play-in game. Um, it's a tight race in the West, West, so we could get back into the. It's technically possible to get back into the play-in game or even into the playoffs, and not in the play-in game. But it's just not looking well. The, you know, Kyrie has already getting getting chippy with the fans, and the fans are booing for. The right reasons, but it was just brought to my attention because like during the last podcast we were talking about, we don't own any of our own assets or anything, but this, the pick that we traded to the Knicks is top 10 protected, which is not a thing that, you know, I thought would matter going into the season, but it's starting to look like our best option at this point might be to shut him down. Luca's not happy. Let him go do crazy European things, you know, like, 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 like yawn and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He doesn't have to worry about our American hangups. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. What gave it away? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he can go do all of that stuff. And so just to give our listeners a frame of reference for the Mavs are right now, notwithstanding this Charlotte game, uh, they are a half a game behind Chicago for 10th. And then one game behind Utah for ninth. Wow. Utah yeah. could make a push because they kind of want they, – Utah wants it. Dallas, I'm not so sure anymore. I don't know. It's, it's Luka just got his 16th tech today too. That's another fun one not to mm-hmm. pile on. But now it's uh, – now he's going to be suspended for the next game, which is, I don't know, pretty much chalk it up to an L when Luka doesn't play. Typically the Mavericks lose this season. Um you hope Kyrie can pick up the slack like Jalen Brunson did last season when that happened, but it hasn't exactly been the case yet. A couple times he's had nice, really nice games and he's won, but yeah, it's it's looking tough, and I am inclined to agree with you about the pick. You may as well at this point try for that top 10 protection to not convey 
and and shut it down and get Hardy get Hardy some more minutes yeah. learning how to be the, the primary creator because that's going to be his job next season if if the mm-hmm. band is more or less together and top this is a great year to have a top 10 pick it's an insane draft um the utah being that close to the utah jazz point it's the utah jazz traded every star they had to acquire the most first round picks i've ever seen in my life (laughs) with the intention of losing and we're a, a one game half a game sam presti resents that statement you're right the thunder the okay, thunder no, no, have no, some okay. picks okay. yeah didn't they didn't they use three first round picks to draft usman yeah. jang i still wasn't i, 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 that's, I, I think presti gets a little bit of a pass sometimes yeah. i don't know that that guy is quite the yeah. super genius that everybody thinks yeah. he really is great at yeah. asset collection but i don't know that he necessarily yeah. thought that that Shea was this great. It just mm. kind of happened. Uh, I, I mean, he might have gotten the rookie of the year on the teens. Yeah, and Jay will. You're very right. That's a really good point. His draft yeah. record is pretty pretty excellent. Yeah. And I'm sure um, Chet's going to be excellent. Yes, so he is. I, yeah, yeah, I really believe that. But I just, I don't know. Side note, everybody was freaking out at the Hawks for trading first round, three first-round picks to get DeJounte Murray. And nobody mentioned the fact that they used three fucking first round picks to draft Usman Jang. Who, well, you know what I mean? So I'm. Could be worth it. And also, I guess. He could when be you a have, great player. But. When you have a shitload of picks like that at some point, you can't just keep flooding the roster with kids. I don't know, man. Yeah, you're right. That is. Well, yeah, we're not talking but, about the fucking Thunder. But yeah, yeah. yeah, but you're to right be, about J. Will, though. To, to, be, to be this close to the Jazz who traded away all their assets for picks for the future, and we just traded away everything we had left to get Kyrie and everything's in free fall. It's, it, it's, it's a horrible place to be in. And we have a chance to get a first uh, top 10 pick this year. If we shut things down, make it the Josh Green and, and Jaden Hardy show again, you know, 30% shooting. Yeah, it, it, feels, <laughs> it feels like the Mavs securing their top 10 pick this year would be the only path forward for them not having a completely bleak future. Yes. You know, right now I kind of to 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 make a metaphor the the Mavs are on the ground and they're bleeding out and if they didn't get that top 10 pick it would be like someone came and pissed in their mouth while they were dying. Yeah. <laughs> that, that top 10 pick top 10 I was pick. expecting something so much more artistic. I love it. That was that was yeah. way better though. <laughs> that top 10 pick could be a phoenix down, man. You could fucking could. fucking pick us up. But I mean, yeah, Kyrie's not going to say to no to not playing games. Luca is probably done for the year, and then you know they can regroup, see if they want. Like, are are we going to have Kyrie on our team next year? We could give them, you know, it'll be more time for them to sit and think about it. All the people that matter, mainly Kyrie, Luca, and the front office. I don't think kids going to be there next year. I'm if kids there <sighs> next year, I. That's. I was thinking that was a foregone conclusion too. Until literally just now, I was like, "Man, Mark Cuban really loves his people." And and Jason Kidd's a part of that title team and an important part of mm-hmm. Mavs history and and is beloved, I assume, by Mark Cuban. And he also like, has he, a he, spotty it, history with women, so yeah. it probably makes Mark feel more comfortable <laughs> having him yeah. part of the organization. Yeah. <laughs> the the reason I say that he's not going to be on the team next year, one because that's what my heart says. I just don't don't like them anymore but we don't have any room to be making actual personnel changes for the most part true um and luca, luca is unhappy done. so yeah. what what that is the the thing that we can do yep so the I'm gm guessing, is one of luca's friends so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah at this yeah. point you're right I'm guessing kid kid's is, gone. Is, is the yeah the and, domino you know 
but it'd be hilarious if we shut down and then won more games and then lose the pick. That would just be how the year would go for me this year. But yeah, I really think it's our only way forward. I didn't even know that it was top 10 protected until I spoke to you guys today. And now suddenly I have a little bit of sunshine in my heart <laughs> and I, I have a little bit of hope for the future. Is that like, I feel like that might still be a tough sell to Luca as far as brightening the skies. But then at that point you say, shut up and play a couple games with this top 10 prospect that honestly, like we've talked about, there's probably seven to 10 guys in this draft that are unanimously decided are going to be game-changing yeah. great players so what, what's the probability that they just flip that pick if they get it oh that is very good cuban cuban move there for sure there's uh, i mean it, it, 50 50 yeah 50 50 is probably safe it's valuable and what does a top a 10 pick timeline. get you though in this terms draft, of actual depends player. on the year. Yeah, it depends on uh, the year. If this draft and if somebody's maybe fallen, like we've talked about, what if Miller goes into free fall because of off court and his, his tournament performance? Like, true. I mean, what if he's still there at 10 and some team is like, oh, fuck, we wanted him bad? It's someone know, like, good it's, is going to fall. Yeah. Cam Whitmore, Brandon Miller, yep. I, he's not going to fall that far. I don't think so. No, no, no. I don't either. One well, of the I was just saying, you know, yeah, yeah. There's crazy shit happens at the draft, and somebody could fall really far, and or even just three, three or four spots from six or seven, and someone uh, wants to pounce and makes a godfather offer or has a vet. Whoa. All right, Bort. You doing all right, man? That's how I feel about the maps, too. <laughs> just a dry yeah. heave. The dogs really let us know how they feel about the yeah. teams we talk yeah. about. Yeah, it's really funny. Mickey got real involved. Yep. Every time they start talking to Spurs, Mickey has to drink some water or bark at someone. Yep. <laughs> or the neighbor's dog would bark at the old place. Yeah. We used to call the neighbor's dog the Spurs Coyote because, yeah, he would literally, anytime we start talking Spurs, they'd just be barking outside all of a sudden. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, well, that being said... Moving on, say you get this top 10 pick, flip it or bring in some fresh young talent, um, which, God, would sure help the salary situation. Like, I feel like flipping flipping the pick is difficult with salary cap stuff unless Kyrie's involved, and then that's a, that's a big move if that happens. But uh, I just feel like drafting someone and being able to kind of cheat the salary cap that way with the rookie scale deal mm-hmm. is maybe the most prudent way to go about it. But I don't know, man. And that all still would depend on, you know, Tankathon, too. Like, what if you guys dumb luck into top three or something? Like, that, the, the Mavs being a, the one pick overall, Wimby and Luka would be crazy. Like, there's, there's, there's possibilities, though. Yeah, would you say 7% chance? Uh, they have a 7% chance of getting to the top four and a 1.1% chance of getting the number one overall pick. Okay. That's, that's not, not nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's not nothing at yeah. all, especially the seven. Yeah, the Knicks did it once. Yeah, and if we don't lose more games, they'll do it again. I feel like the yeah. <laughs> with our pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the Rockets did were pretty low odds for Yao that year as well, but I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But I, it's been a long time. I since think then. when the Pels got Zion, they had like the tenth worst record. Uh, and it was right they, after the owner died, right? I yeah. think it was, yeah, the owner and the wife had assumed They were up control. for sale, yeah. yeah. Uh, Same thing happened with Cleveland. Yep. Not with the team being for sale, but they had a really low odds, and they ended up with the number one pick, and then they blew it on Anthony Bennett? Yep. Or was it Wiggins? 
That might have been the Wiggins year. The Wiggins year, yeah, because then they trade. They did the tr no. That was the trade for Kevin Love. Yeah. Uh. To get Love to LeBron and Kyrie, when LeBron came back, they yeah. traded Wiggins. Yeah. Yeah, they got they got so many number one picks in the 2010s. It's just not fair. It felt like the the league was trying to make it up to them for LeBron leaving. Yes, it really did. It really does feel like something seismic happens with every number one pick every single year, too. I don't know. I see why people are so cynical about the lottery. Um, poor Rockets fans. <laughs> if it's rigged, you definitely don't win it by embarrassing the entire league entire for seasons at a time. So look at number three again. Um, but I don't know. That, that being said, we maybe want to... Just do a spin on Tankathon and see what happens. Maybe Chuck, we can segue that to the other two teams, <laughs> see if this top 10 protection conveys. All right, let's see what happens. We're going to do a spin on Tankathon. By the end of the day, they might be a 10. Where they're losing to Charlotte last I looked. Let me check the score on that. It's 226 on Saturday, or Sunday, rather. One of those days. Charlotte did win, 110 to 104. Oh, my God. Oof. Tank, baby. See, things are looking up. Yeah, trust things the are looking up for the Mavs. Here's, here's a fun Ben McMahon stat: uh, the Mavs led for only 81 seconds of the 96 minutes they played against the Hornets this weekend. All right. Wow, a minute and a half out of 96. That's nuts. Wow. Man, the Mavs are fucked. So they yeah, I, fucked. I mean, I'm, they need that pick. We got to, we got to lose. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of, kind of cemented it in. Yep. Luca's sitting next game. There's another yeah. automatic one. You yeah. might not even need to shut him down. Yeah, because with the lottery, we could get his. How, could how hard would lose. it be to say, hey, Luca, why don't you get your knee cleaned up or something? Luca would totally. I think. I just leave weird take, but I think Kyrie would be tougher to shut down because he's got a contract and future on the mind now, and he's going to be weirdly motivated, to, especially if Luca's gone and shut down. I think Kyrie would want to step up and score 40 every night so that two or three teams might be intrigued this offseason beyond just the Mavs. What, do we just let him play and then pull him in the fourth? I would just let him play. I don't know that Kyrie by himself has ever proven more than a one-off or two-off at a time that he's a floor raiser to the point of winning games with a, a bad roster around him. Yeah. But. I know he wouldn't know. want to be shut down, but. Maybe I mean, that's not fully on. Yeah. To him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Back to the tankathon spin. This is just so interesting. The Mavs yeah. are fucking crumbling, and it's like, what the fuck is this? Happened so quick. It feels mm -hmm. like, but yeah, we've been talking about it for two years. Okay. So I just went ahead and did another spin. <laughs> uh, so we've got Detroit with the first pick. Boo. Portland with the second pick. Boo. The San Antonio Spurs with the third pick. That's fun. And Houston with the fourth pick. Ooh, that's tricky. Okay. So. Wow, Detroit's really interesting. I mean, obviously you have to take Wemby, but yep. they've got a lot of front court pieces. And I think I think Wemby could actually play with Duran. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Portland getting two. Now, do they take Scoot? Oh, that's tough. Or do they go with Brandon Miller? I don't think they... Is Brandon Miller even third still? I would think what so. Happened? I would think so. Yeah, uh, we we don't know, but it sure seems talent-wise, it would still seem like even after the kind of dud during the tournament, which 
frankly, I don't know. I read a good piece from Bamani Jones that was like, why are his people letting him play in this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I get that he wants to be in the tournament, but he's just been through this crazy thing. And it's not, it wasn't even coming from like a sympathetic perspective of him. It was mm-hmm. like, a, he's a dumbass and he fucked up, but he's not going to help anybody, yeah. including himself, by being there. And mm-hmm. why Why does the team want him there? Why are they making him do this? And I was like, yeah, that's actually a pretty good point. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I don't think Miller heard his stock that bad, but maybe. We talked about it earlier. I, I was the one who brought up him maybe falling to 10, mm-hmm. but, but you, that's just because you never know with the draft. But. I could see, like, some tragedy happens and he plays bad in the tournament and them being sympathetic, but, like, the the thing that has him not focus on the tournament is that he might have been an accomplice to murder. Them, yeah. You know? So I, I don't know. I think Portland could be a trade-down candidate if they get the second pick. I think that's a good, pretty good point. I, I do think Miller would help a lot of their what ails them, though. Honestly, more so than Scoot, because they're they're gonna consider fit more than most teams would in the top of the lotto because they, they've locked in with Dame. Period. Dame and Simons. I don't yep. think they're trading either of those guys. No, I don't think so either. So where do you even figure Scoot in? And they also have Shaden Sharp. Yep, who's fantastic or and getting better. I should say, no, not quite yeah. fantastic yet, but he's getting better. So but, I, I mean, do they say they get? the second overall pick and can draft Scoot, do they suddenly put Dame on the market? That's because, another possibility. Because that is... They, can, they could get, what, no. 14 first-round draft picks if the last last year was any sort of indication. <laughs> it, three or four, you know, at least, and then they're going to have this a whole young young nucleus to build do, on. Do the Spurs call Portland and say, hey, we'll give you the third pick and, like, next year's Chicago pick. You trade down one spot, we get Scoot, you get... A player that fits better in his... In another pick. Yeah. That's a good trade for all. I was just going to say, if I'm Portland, and I've heard this echoed on other pods and stuff, but they're in kind of a tough spot like the Mavs are as far as improving the roster, but they need to be locked in with Dame. They've both agreed that's the future. They want to stay loyal and all that stuff. And the, the loyalty thing, though, can go both ways, where it seemed like, you know, they're trying to compete, and this, you know, what happened is they're competing for the top pick, and the, their loyalty to each other might be what brings them to say maybe, you know, it's best for both to part ways at this point. That's fair. Because, yeah, I mean, sense. Dame is really fucking good. And him on a, a contending team. He just had one of his best seasons ever. Yeah, yeah. maybe the yeah. best season ever yeah. as far as the shooting splits and stuff so, go. you know, I'd, I'd really like to see him compete for a championship sometime. I would. I think I'd rather just see him retire in Portland. I would too. I think what Dame is doing is so rare in the NBA and special, and people are constantly braiding him like, "Why? Why do you not want out?" And like, what's wrong with getting paid and being loyal to a franchise? And yeah. like, I think retiring with one team is more valuable than going and chasing a championship on a super team. I think so too, and I also have always. I don't know. I think the value of rings and all that shit is so overstated in player legacy and that there's nothing wrong with being great and having played on great teams but never getting over that final hump because it's really fucking hard to do that. Like, It's not just like the all-time great players make a way to make that happen. It's like the all-time great players got all-time great teammates that fit in an all-time great manner around them and made it happen that way. Like, You can't fault... Damian Lillard for the Blazers never making it. That's no. for damn sure. No. Like, Damian Lillard is the most clutch dude that has ever walked through that arena door. Like, Absolutely. And so I, I, it's just, I, I agree, it's just so special to see 
someone actually want to stay in one place mm-hmm. and the team mm-hmm. being like, you know what? Fuck this. Let's take if we we know we're not going to contend any better with Dame on the roster as he gets older, but we love Dame and it's like a cool thing to kind of go both ways. Uh, hopefully I I hope it it stays that way too, but uh, like you said, man, losing this much can really make patience mm-hmm. wear thin. I I don't think it if it were to happen, it would be like a, a falling out no, of any yeah, sorts. I, I would think because yeah. And, and, you know, maybe he just wants to stay on the team. Dirk just wanted to stay on the Mavericks. Yep, and he, you know. he got rewarded. Yeah. yeah, he did. I don't know. Another way of looking at it is uh, let's take the Harden situation. Did he do anything to bolster his legacy by going and ring chasing? No, just the opposite, I would say. Yeah. Because, yeah, even a large percentage of the people in Houston that had his back now don't like him still. Mm-hmm. And uh, it because of the way he went out and... I mean, no one in Philly, no, no one in Brooklyn loved him. No one in Philly loved him. They were just like, "Oh, this is cool. This guy's really good. He's on our team. I don't really like him, but look how good he's passing now." But even if he goes and wins a ring in Philly, it's gonna be like, "Okay, well, you got you went and joined Joel Embiid's team, and you want a ring." It wouldn't be as special as just being in the mix every year in Houston, yep, and having that love and admiration. I I think so too, but. I think he's also realizing as he gets older, his his future is the table setter facilitator, and Houston was gonna keep asking him to drag the whole load. I think and and pull the freaking sled of you know just to score us thirty six and have twelve assists every night. James, thanks, like thanks, buddy. Go ahead, like <laughs> we'll worry about the team. Don't worry, don't worry, and then never build a good team around him, except for two two years basically. But. I don't know. I, I I understand why he left, but I I agree. It would have been way more special to just kind of keep plugging along. It's yeah. different to like players move like not everybody that moves teams is ring chasing and and people get traded or move in free agency without trying to make super teams. They just want to play somewhere else with somebody new. Yeah. But when you're in a situation with someone like James Harden who forced his way out, you know, that's yeah. when it really can start to hurt your legacy of you know you you had your contract or whatever and you decided that you're going to force your hand to try to get to a, a super team and and try to win and I, I don't know i think it would be different in the situation with, with someone like dame if they if he's not forcing his way out but they just you know they yeah. just decide to maybe we'll test the market and see you know find a situation that works for both of us well moving forward uh we've got the spurs with the third pick now, the Spurs are in an interesting place because all of the prospects that have been mocked in this range, you could plug right into this roster and you wouldn't have to worry about displacing anyone good. And by anyone good, I mean Devin Vassell or Jeremy Sohan. Yeah, the two pillars, the jungle <laughs> boys we've discovered. <laughs> I, the, the thing that is curious to me is would the Spurs take Brandon Miller? Given what's going on with this case which i guess he's not going to be in any legal trouble it doesn't nah. seem like they can pin anything on him but also the spurs really mean it when they say they care about people's character yep and brandon miller with that incident happening and then also the pat down thing during introductions and in the game after i don't i don't think pop would green light that pick I don't think so either, and I don't think I don't even think if if Brian Wright had interest in it, he would greenlight it himself because of the flack coming fresh off of the Primo scandal yeah. as well. Oh, like yeah, I just yeah. feel like they're gonna really want to get a guy who's a, a David Robinson choir boy. Yeah. 
Yeah. They'll, they'll draft some kid who's serving in Afghanistan right now that no one else has <laughs> scouted, you know? No, no, we watched this kid play at the rec leagues. We know exactly what kind of game he's got. And in two know. years, when he comes back from deployment, he's going to come rip the, rip the league to shreds. The Spurs do this weird thing where every other year they do something crazy in the draft. Yep. Like, one year they will take the consensus guy, Devin Vassell, skip a year. Sohan was pretty uh, Sohan was pretty, but then they do Primo. Yep. Um, man, it's it's hard to know what they'll do. We My, watched that draft together. I remember you just <laughs> silently stood up and started just walking around, like, pacing, like, what the fuck just happened when the Primo pick got announced? It was so jarring and confusing. That was the most <laughs> deflating moment for me as a Spurs fan <laughs> Since the Kawhi Leonard trade request, since it was formalized, <laughs> it, it just it was a bad pick at the time, and it just ended up being even worse for reasons that you couldn't have foreseen. Very true, because he looked like he was yeah. We don't even talk about on court, but it did seem like he was kind of playing his way into being like eh, pick one terrible. The Could, the the three guys I'm interested in at this pick for the Spurs would be uh, Asar Thompson, Cam Whitmore, or Jarris Walker. Yeah, good ones. Walker people would call a reach, but I don't. I, I think I think he's the third best player in the draft. He's fantastic. And uh, Jarris Walker, Jeremy Sohan front court. Ooh. Or you could even play those guys at the three and the four. That would be just devastating. Yeah, it would. Uh, so I really like it. And even if the Spurs fell further in the draft, I wouldn't feel hopeless. There are just so many good players. As long as they don't do something insane, there's really no easy way to fuck up this draft. If I mean, Would the Spurs be interested in moving down one or two spots if it, if it's the three pick and they don't want miller and somebody really wants miller get a grab a additional late first rounder or something because the spurs are one of the best at drafting late like the branham pick last year fantastic i mean i remember they drafted dewan blair in the second round back in the day that worked out pretty well for them they're shit they Kawhi got, leonard was mid first round again yeah ginobili was a second rounder yeah I don't know. I think they would just take the guy that they have at the top of their board. That's... Yeah. <laughs> we took Primo at 12, and no one had him mocked anywhere near that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They can just get what they want and don't care about your opinion about it. Yeah, the one thing I've had to come to terms with as a Spurs fan is I have absolutely no autonomy, no even microscopic amount of autonomy over the situation. And I just got to do my best to enjoy it. And I guess all sports fans should probably feel that way. Because uh, I, I think we do this thing where we feel like we have some sort of control, like our opinion really matters. Yeah. There are definitely some people on Twitter who believe that. <laughs> so uh, with the fourth pick, the Houston Rockets. Fourth. Is this a trade for Harden's running partner? Maybe. Uh, maybe. I would probably argue that that I think that anything outside of the top three is very much option A for Stone and company would be trade, uh, which is wild to think about because you could still use a four pick in this draft, but I'm pretty sure they're operating not under the assumption that Harden comes back, but under the let's operate just in case they will have a plan for Harden coming back. And even without that, I think there's a lot of desire to bring in a vet quality vets or star or sub you know just barely sub star level players with with draft capital because it's yeah. time to win and Wendy and Scoot you can see those guys very easily plug into this Rockets roster but yeah. you have a log jam in the front court yeah. if you end up drafting a guy like Miller or Walker or even Cam Whitmore 
the Thompson twins. It's like someone's going to get displaced if you don't get a top two pick. Definitely. And the top two picks are the two guys, which is ironic because don't, you don't need to displace anybody if, they, if you get either of those two. But it, they are the two guys that will be worth displacing someone for, whereas the other guys, it would be, a, well, there's another guy who can come earn some minutes with these other kids. And it just doesn't seem like, yeah, I think you're right. It, it log jams things up a little bit. So I, in that situation, I would be looking for a trade. Yeah. Yep. But I hadn't even thought of a realistic, I don't know. We're doing the tankathon so on the spot. I'm like, man, what could we get for Josh Christopher on the fourth pick or something? I don't, I don't even know. I don't want to trade Josh Christopher, honestly. I think he's still got something in the tank. I feel like next year will be a bounce back year for old Jay Gup. But Jay Christ. For Jay Dot Christ. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you were to draft Scoot, what would... Where would KPJ go? To the bench. The bench. Or elsewhere. Bench, but I mean, elsewhere. But I a would scoring point guard off KPJ the bench. Off the bench. Yeah, a, a I don't scoring know that point guard off the it. bench is no. I, I don't know, yeah. but he. I think he'd be great off the bench. Are we yeah. sure you don't slide KPJ to the two and bring Jay Green off the bench? Yes, Ooh, I'm, I'm sure of that. I would be pretty sure of that too, but. Jalen Green's leash is getting a little shorter as far as the minutes and, and, you know, like the assumption that you're the future of the franchise star stardom for me. I don't who know who would you rather have in a catch-and-shoot role, Jalen Green or KPJ? KPJ. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Which is a weird thing to say. You don't think of him as the better shooter, per, per se, but his catch-and-shoot numbers are plus 40% easily all the time. It's wild. And and it's he, it's yeah. not saying much, but he might be the better defender, too. Yes, yeah. KPJ is pretty solid on defense last few games, honestly. Also, that sort of thing can be worked out as you see it yeah. gel. That's true. And if, yeah, Scoot is not a prospect, you worry. But he's the one that is the important part of the equation for me, you know? Like, I, I would say that work it out with the other two guys or, sorry, buddy, we're taking Scoot over you mm-hmm. is, is kind of the... I view Scoot as the guy Houston needs. Because mm. if you get Scoot, everything makes sense. True. Everything just kind of falls in the line, and the, the vision moving forward is crystal clear. True. You've got Scoot and a bunch of really good pieces around him that fit and are versatile, and you're good. Let's go, you know? But if you get Wemby, I don't think it matters if shit doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think it still makes sense, <laughs> even with the Wemby. Yeah, you, I think you, it does, too. Want, you would want Harden much more urgently yeah. with a Wemby pick, yeah. I would think. Yeah, I'd want Harden to come would back. Would Wemby play power forward? I think you would have to play him in between four and five a lot, mm-hmm. I would think, because yeah. he's too slight to take on the really big boys mm-hmm. in the five, but he, and he's quick. So like he could yeah. stay in front of, of, yeah. of dudes on switches. And he's still going to have a defensive presence at yeah. power forward. Yeah. I'd do the Simmons weird shit play him at one every now and then. I don't care. Like, yeah, <laughs> just, like, he's big and he's quick and he's spry and he's got good handles and footwork and whatever, God, man. He, you could play Wimby at the three and it'd be like a seven foot eleven the three fucking yeah. small forward, you know? Wimby, but, Jabari, and Tari in the front court. That's absurd and totally possible. And then yeah. Shangun off the bench yep. as like a six man. Ooh. Oh, that'd be slick, man. I'd That's everything. Slick. I'd just be afraid with those skinny legs and high knees. Anytime Grayson Allen's on the court, I'd pull Wemby off. Yeah. Bruce Bowen's gone. Yeah. It's Grayson Allen now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose Zaza gets some credit, too. There were playoff games where I remember Stan Van Gundy saying, or it was Jeff, Jeff Van Gundy saying, we need to get Zaza out of here because he's trying to hurt someone. Yeah, I do, too. Man, that guy could throw some bows. 
He's scary looking too. One of my favorite moments in NBA history was when Vince Carter almost murdered Bruce Bowen on the court for undercutting his feet oh, after yeah. shooting oh, a three for like, because he he'd been out for almost a whole year because Bruce Bowen did it to him, and then the next year he came back and did it again. And Vince Carter, he got so mad and swelled up like uh, Scott Hall doing push-ups after a night of pills. <laughs> I've never seen a man swell up like that. And it just got huge and he was so mad. And the Bruce Bowen's face, he wasn't like, I don't know, he's he was definitely a little shook by it. But well, as much shit. as I hate, I hate Bruce Bowen. He was really fucking good. Ray that Allen also fucking hated Bruce Bowen because he he sincerely believed that Bruce Bowen was trying to end his career mm. by undercutting him, which is plausible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. Yeah, I think honestly, between with the tankathon spin landing that way, with Spurs at three, Rockets at four, both of those teams making some moves makes a lot. Of, or Spurs at two. Sorry, Rockets at four. Spurs were three. The yeah. Spurs were three? Okay. Yeah. I peeked to that tankathon, and guess where the Mavs landed? 11. Yeah. yeah. Top 11 pick for the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm convinced this is how it's going to go down. Oh, man. Even I'm kind of hoping that the Mavs land a top 10 or something. It's just, it's getting, it's starting to pile on at this point. Even I'm starting to feel a little bad for them. I'm afraid that the Knicks have all these assets accumulated and they're just going to piss them away by, like, trading for Carl Anthony Towns or something. I could see that, too. Or the next available star the Knicks are probably in on. Yeah. Because they've missed the last two. You missed Donovan Mitchell. What the fuck? It's like, your team looks way better than it did last year. What are you guys still so pissed off about missing? Yeah, exactly. Like, I would argue both of those guys could hit an an all-NBA team this season. Well... We had our fun little spin on the Tankathon tracks, tracks, I don't know, ride, the teacup ride of the Tankathon trails. <laughs> we rode the choo-choo. Yeah, we rode the choo-choo on the Tankathon. And uh, I don't know, maybe we hit the rest of the league, talk a little wrestling with the Mania coming up next weekend. Um, I know LeBron, speaking of LeBron Jamie, is, is coming back this, this tonight. <laughs> LeBron <laughs> Um, he's coming off the bench second time in his career. Uh, does this move the needle? The Lakers, what do you guys think? I don't know. I still feel like the Lakers end up in the play-in and lose. That seems to be the, that's my official prediction for the Lakers this year. LeBron returning always moves the needle, I think, but. That's good. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I don't mean to be so flippant about yeah. maybe the best basketball player of all time coming back to a roster. But do I think that suddenly they're, they're the favorites to go in and win? No, um, I, th- I could if they go to the play-in, I take, I would say they win, and I. The Lakers are a team that nobody wants to see for sure. Yeah, LeBron, AD, and then suddenly actually, talent and shooters around them a little bit now. Defense too. I think yeah. the Warriors, the Lakers, and if it goes wrong for what we've talked about the whole episode, and the mm-hmm. Mavs somehow get in, I mm-hmm. think those are three teams that even the best wouldn't want to see out oh, west. Yeah. But I still, I don't know what it is about. I, I just can't find full faith in those two guys being out there healthy and engaged and at their top levels at the same time for, for the Lakers. It just hasn't seemed right but for they most have, stretches of this year. They Injuries have made things very strange 
True. As it stands right now, the Lakers would play the Timberwolves in the first round of the play-in. Okay, that's pretty... The Lakers would beat Lakers the Lakers would beat the Wolves easily, yeah. I would think. Maybe not easily, but... Yeah, the, the Wolves just... Because they're going to have to work Cat back into this. It's going to be ugly for a while. And like, he already has his playoff yep. issues. Yes, so. he does. And Gobert as well. Yeah. Playoff Anthony Edwards, though. He, he went crazy in the play-in. Yeah, yeah. 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 I could see Anthony Edwards having that clutch gene. And that he's fun. Seven game series they went with the uh, Grizzlies. Yes, Anthony. If memory serves me right, that's the first time I was like, "Holy shit, Anthony Edwards!" Like I knew he was good, but yeah. watching him in that series, he's a monster. Um, Doesn't know who A Rod is. <laughs> <laughs> you better learn, kid. <laughs> Uh, Did you know that kids don't know how to read clocks anymore? Is that Which real? Is, I've I seen work, a lot I work, of videos on it. I but. work in a high school, and I would say one in five kids know how to read a clock. Wow. But does it matter? Like, I did I went. I did a lot of really high-level math in my day. I don't know how to use a fucking slide rule. That's something that everybody had to use before there were graphing calculators and shit. I, I don't think it's a big deal, but it is yeah. very strange that that's a skill that has just... Or it is going uh, extinct, uh, I think. Uh, yeah. They don't know how to fix the tracking on a VHS tape either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was really good at that. I had a really fucked up copy of The Mask, and I would get that shit to work every time. <laughs> Smoking! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, what do we... Uh... What are we hyped for? What are we wanting to be over with? What could we cut from mania? What's the what's the word? What's the mania scoop, guys? I don't know if I've been this like ho hum about a WrestleMania in a long time. And this year, I was let's say earlier, like I've watched so much more this year because I'm excited about the Triple H era. But all of a sudden, it just feels like meh, I don't know. Vince might be back. It just seems kind of ho hum. My prediction for the tag match between Sami Zayn and Owens and the Usos is that Sami Zayn and Owens win, but Owens turns on Sami Zayn. Oh. And we get a Sami Zayn Owens program going through SummerSlam. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But then, Man. what do you do with the Usos? Just find a new a new tag team to fucking feud them with. Oh, FTR's yeah. coming back, I bet. Ah. Uh-huh. Now the Usos are gonna feud with Roman. Oh. After the Bloodline falls apart, or maybe. Um, I'm excited for all the Bloodline stuff. I'm always excited to see Gunther. Yeah, I want to call Gunther's, him Walter. Gunther's such a fucking beast, man. Yeah. By this time next year, I want to see Gunther bloody needs to, Yeah. <laughs> he, Gunther this time next year needs to be where Roman is right now, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like, I just think that's got to be the move. I'm mad that we didn't get Gunther and Brock Lesnar. Yes. That would have been an awesome match. Yep. Honestly, mm-hmm. Gunther and so like Gunther is in the wrong era, man. Like picture Gunther with peak Kurt Angle with like young prime Brock Lesnar when he first arrived on the scene with doing shooting star presses and actually trying and shit. Like Gunther and like a Rey Mysterio in his prime even against a little guy. Like that guy just seems like he would be I don't know. He he's in the right era, don't get me wrong, but some of these old guys we used to watch would have been so much fun. Yeah. Or even like in the eighties. Like yeah, imagine he'd... working for like Bill Watts in 1981. Shit. I almost feel like he stands out more now because he is that old school. Yeah. You're right. Guy. You're right. He does it really fucking well. I mean, he would definitely be a star in those other eras, but why he's so fucking great now is because he's not going to, he's not going to hit you with a Canadian destroyer. He's just going (laughs) to chop the nips bloody. (laughs) (laughs) 
power slams and chops. By the way, he has the gentlest finishing move. He does the power bomb so gentle. Like yeah. he flips them up and then he does a little like flip thing that like lays them down soft. <laughs> it's weird. Every time I watch it, it's like but you know, it's it doesn't it doesn't always have to be devastating. As, you know, the the most, first, most devastating move in sports entertainment is the roll up. Yep. The surprise roll-up, so. Gunther's entrance theme would be so fucking badass if Jim Johnston still worked for WWE. Yeah, it would. Imagine, like, a, a like a sound bite, like, what's wrong? Are you hard? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, some techno. <laughs> oh, see, I was going, like, the shamrock direction with, like, <laughs> bells and heavy guitars and shit. Like, yeah, some kind of, like, Soviet anthem-sounding shit. <laughs> I gotta hand it to him that the new Roman Reigns music fucking gets me every time. No idea. I think it's really like. good. I don't either, honestly. I feel like the mixing live It's hard to hear the music now, right? Yeah, the music used to be the music used to be such a big part of it. And I feel like they're it's marginalized now and it's not I don't know, the, the entrance scenes just aren't as good as they used to be. Yeah. Maybe I'm just old now, but <laughs> But I don't know, the ones that do hit like yeah. the arena's all seeing that Alter Bridge one when mm-hmm. Edge comes out now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they got some every now and then where it feels like it still really matters. But that like, shit's from like two thousand seven. Exactly. I was like, gonna say it's from the heyday. Sammy Zayn they gave Sammy Zayn new music and he got so over I'm guessing it was Triple H that made the decisions like, no, we're going back to your old music, the shit they can sing to. That's what uh, yeah. Because now he goes and comes back to the weird ska ska music that when I first heard that theme I thought it was yeah. the the worst in WWE and then it grew on me. Wrestling yeah. fans have such a hive mind though. Yeah. They I don't I don't really understand what internet wrestling fans like out of wrestling. I think they like the guys who can do the moves. Other things don't the other components of being a good wrestler are less important than doing the moves and they like little songs that they can sing to. Internet wrestling fans like to be mad about wrestling. That's about that's, what I can that's I can gather. Pretty much. They, they also they fucking suck, yell at each other. Suck Kenny Omega fucking dry. Kenny Omega's fucking good though. I love Kenny Omega. I would like to see him not in AEW. Yeah. Me too. Me too. He does he's not he doesn't have the best mic work, but he's got charisma, he's great in the ring. I'd like him a lot better when he's not with the Bucks. Yeah. yeah. The bu- I, I really like the Young Bucks at first, but they've just... For for a group that does so many fucking moves in a match, it somehow it's like, I'm wa- I feel like I'm watching the same thing over and over. It's so yeah. contrived and planned and... they Yeah, all of their moves require their opponent's help or yeah. standing yeah. there. And yeah. it dri- that shit drives me the craziest <laughs> in wrestling, I think, because it's like you, you're putting on a show here that's supposed to flow nicely. It's not supposed to be like... All right, like, don't fully pull the curtain back. Can, can can the Bucks just go out and have a match? Yes. That they don't have time to plan out because like the AEW guys, they only work TV. They don't do house shows and all that other stuff. So I don't know. Did anybody watch the Kenny Omega versus Vikingo match? The moves were cool. I'd heard good things. I never. I didn't see. They, it. they did cool moves. Yeah. But I would same thing with AEW. Like there's no build. There's no build. Tony Khan just expects you to know who these people are, even though they've never been on TV before, mm-hmm. because everything's so catered to like the niche internet wrestling nerds. Oh. It's it's not hitting the way it should, and it's not catching on with the general public because Tony Khan treats the world like it's fucking Reddit. Yeah, that's fair, honestly. Because yeah, I was thinking about it now. Like even back in the day when we knew someone was going to be making their debut, 
the new federation or, or you know, they're going from WWE to WCW or whatever back in the day. They'd show up as a different, slightly different character or something, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they would pop in. Yeah, the con just brings them over from where they're at, mm-hmm. says, keep doing you, but doesn't give any kind of, like, here's a video mm-hmm. package explaining who this person yeah. is. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. just, Tony Khan just makes an announcement on Twitter. This is going to be a dream match. And yeah. then he gets mad when people reply to him going, who the fuck is that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Casual. <laughs> it's the, 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 the wrestling equivalent of the NBA fan be- insult. Because Tony Khan's not trying to grow his business. He's just a wrestling fan. Yeah, which is admirable. Booker, yeah, you know? it's admirable mm-hmm. to an extent. Like, mm-hmm. it's cool to see someone who enjoys it that much, but I think you could do a better job from a business standpoint. It's frustrating yeah. to fans because I feel like a lot of fans want you know, especially the diehard AEW fans, they want it to overtake WWE instead of just being this other thing. But it's, you know, they're they're different. I wish they slowed down sometimes and took a breath. I wish they built more storylines. Um, yeah, I don't know. God, I wonder how much Tony Khan's cocaine habit costs per week. <laughs> I don't think it's it, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to him. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's why it'd be such a, st- yeah. a staggering number. I bet. Yeah. Like, yeah, he doesn't even care. Oh man, yeah, that's that's bananas. He's got to have some kind of like bulk discount happening somewhere along the way. Just got bricks and bricks in a storage vault somewhere. Like he could go to prison for trafficking? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just to support himself. <laughs> no, guys, this is just mine, I swear. <laughs> yeah. That's actually for March. <laughs> Do you think the reason why he drinks water so weird is because he has coke throat? Or he can't, he can't feel himself swallow? <laughs> like, Because <laughs> I watched him drink that water and almost like choke on it. And I was like, that dude can't feel his throat right now. That's what's going on. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on Coke Throat, we should wrap it up, I feel like. (laughs) Guys, that's perfect. (laughs) Um, We'll see you next weekend. Um, Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, Yeah, we'll see what happens. Luka Doncic drama i don't know i'm i'm rambling let's wrap this up talk to you guys soon next week will be the same episode basically the spurs will give us nothing to talk about the mavs will still be talking about this and the rockets will we'll do lotto prospects or no i'm just kidding i'm gonna rant about the coaching staff probably next weekend i'll either be happier or much darker (laughs) go hook hook them horns basically is the answer to that one yeah all right thank you again guys we'll talk to you next time Holler if you hear us. <laughs> <laughs>